Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Every year, members of the Philadelphia Church of God keep the Holy Day of Pentecost in late May or early June. This Holy Day is incredibly deep and inspiring. There's a lot we can learn from this very special Holy Day. And there's also a very special story in the Old Testament of the Bible that points us to the day of Pentecost. Notice what Mr. Gerald Flurry wrote on page three of Ruth becoming the bride of Christ. Ruth and Boaz courted during the spring harvest and they married on Pentecost. The story occurs during that 50 day period. It is a type of the church's marriage to Jesus Christ. Boaz was a type of Christ and Ruth was a type of the end time church at Christ's second coming. As you read the book of Ruth, you see that it progressively leads to the church's marriage to Jesus Christ. What Ruth talks about leads right up to our ultimate destiny, becoming the bride of Christ. This epic event is pictured on Pentecost, and that is what this book is all about. You can get a free copy of this booklet, Ruth Becoming the Bride of Christ, at thetrumpet.com. And you can also read the biblical book of Ruth, which is just four chapters long. In a very short amount of time, you can pair the short booklet and the short biblical book and really go through an edifying study and it doesn't even take that long. I would definitely encourage you to do so. This book is incredibly inspiring, the biblical book of Ruth, but it starts out with a hard trial. Ruth's husband, Machlon, died. And even the father of her husband died. And the brother of her husband also died. So Machlon's brother was Kilion. His father was Elimelech. All three of these men died. So that's Ruth's husband, Machlon, Orpah's husband, Kilion, and Naomi's husband, Elimelech, the father of the two, the two men. All three of them died. So imagine how Naomi must have felt with her husband dead and her two sons already dead, leaving behind two widows. Naomi was absolutely in agony because of these three deaths. There's an excellent song in our Ruth musical, The Widow's Might which you can watch for free on YouTube. You can get the soundtrack for free at pcg.church, The Widow's Might. 
But there's a song in which all three of the women, Naomi, Ruth, and Orpa, sing about how devastating it is to lose a husband or to lose a son or a loved one where they feel some days like they can't even breathe, where little things will remind them of their loved one that they lost. And it feels like they lose him all over again. That's how Naomi felt. And to a lesser extent, Ruth and Orpah losing their husband. But again, Naomi lost not just her husband, but both of her sons. She was experiencing an even higher level of agony. And so the idea was for them to move. They were going to cross the Jordan River from the plains of Moab, which was Israelite territory, into the land to the west of the river, which was also Israelite territory. But they hadn't been there in 10 years. They were going to be strangers in this land. Ruth and Orpah would be totally new to the people there. Naomi hadn't been there in 10 years. So it was going to be a huge change in lifestyle for these three women. But Naomi didn't want Ruth and Orpah to follow her west of the Jordan River. She told them, stay home where you are comfortable where you're familiar with the lifestyle. And so this was a very hard choice for Ruth and Orpah to make. Naomi is telling them, don't follow me. Try to find a husband here to the east of the Jordan River. And eventually Orpah decided that she would stay. She would not follow Naomi. That's in Ruth 1 and verse 14. But then you have the example of Ruth. Ruth 1 verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to return from following after you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people are my people, it should read and your God, my God. Verse 17, where you die, will I die, and there will I be buried. The eternal do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part you and me. So, (laughs) there was nothing that could change Ruth's mind. She was following Naomi no matter what. What a beautiful example of loyalty sticking by the side of her mother-in-law and providing tremendous comfort for Naomi as both of them grieved. Now, this was a hard a hard time for them and they really had to stick together. They needed each other. Naomi was so miserable in this trial that she actually told people west of the Jordan River once they traveled there, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. That's in Ruth 1 verse 20. 
So they were in Bethlehem and Naomi wanted a name change because her name meant pleasant or delight. And she didn't think that really applied to her anymore. Her life was not pleasant or delightful at that time. So she said, call me Mara. And that name means bitter. Mr. Flurry writes on page six of the Ruth booklet. It was terribly bitter for this woman to lose her family. It quotes verse 21 here. I went out full and the eternal has brought me home again empty. Why then call you me Naomi? Mr. Flurry continues. Her family was taken away and it was hard for her to accept it. Why wouldn't it be? Naomi, a type of the church then, is expressing God's emotions about all that has happened to the church of God today. Her grief reflects how God feels. So Mr. Fleury explains in the booklet, early on in the story, Naomi is the type of God's church. Before this relationship between Boaz and Ruth would develop, So Naomi is mourning. She is grieving. She is going through family crisis with the death of her husband and her two sons. And that reflects God's grief when he sees what has happened to his people in this end time. People who knew him and used to love him, perhaps, but certainly no longer do. 95% of God's own people have rebelled in this end time. Mr. Flurry says, you surely have to believe that God is expressing his emotions here in this account about Naomi, saying, look, this is my family. Look what I have lost. These are spirit-begotten sons he is losing. What father with agape love would not be moved and have deeply bitter emotions over such colossal loss? We see here that it's not necessarily wrong to be bitter about certain things. Now, it's definitely wrong to be bitter about 99% of all things. (laughs) But in this case, when it comes to family loss, when it comes to watching spirit begotten members of God's church rebel and throw away their reward, God has every right to feel bitter. All of us have every right to feel bitter when we think about our spiritual family turning away and we should grieve for them and pray for them to come back. There really is a lot we can relate to in Naomi's experience. The agony of losing three loved ones in a short amount of time. Page seven. Naomi had been reduced to nothing. She was really experiencing a harsh trial. To lose a great husband and two sons whom she loved dearly was a massive, fiery trial, to say the least. It's hard to see 
through the fiery trial to the comfort, to the rest, to the encouragement on the other side. And we have to realize that God is right there in the fire with us. He's right there to help us through it all. So many of us have experienced the loss of loved ones. And the book of Ruth shows how God will provide comfort. God provided comfort to Naomi in the form of Ruth. Ruth being loyal to Naomi. Ruth getting married and providing a grandson for Naomi. So it really was a beautiful blessing for Naomi. Everything related to Ruth was actually a blessing for Naomi. And this was a way that God comforted Naomi in the midst of her fiery trial. So Ruth followed Naomi into this land. And Naomi was still very, very sad. But that was all about to change. Ruth wanted to work hard and support the two of them. Naomi, before she moved east of the Jordan River, a decade earlier, had been quite wealthy. But then she lost her husband and she moved back. They were not nearly as well off as they used to be. So Ruth was ready to work the fields. She was ready to live the life of a servant. Anything to support Naomi and make her life easier. So she practically told Naomi that she was going to get to work. She didn't ask for Naomi's permission. She said, look, I am going to work on behalf of the two of us. And that's exactly what she did. She went out into the fields and she gleaned from the corners of the fields, which was part of a beautiful law in ancient Israel where landowners would purposely leave the corners of the fields for gleaners, for strangers, for fatherless, for widows, for anyone who needed help. This was a righteous welfare system in Israel that provided for everyone. Those who were, were physically able to work, though, had to go out and work for that welfare. They didn't sit on the couch and get a check in the mail. They had to go out. They had to sweat. They had to toil. They had to collect the grain for themselves from the corners of the fields. And that's exactly what Ruth did. So there is a man in this story as well. The great Prince Boaz. And Boaz really is a beautiful example of a loving husband. Page 12 
of Ruth becoming the bride of Christ, which again, you can get for free at thetrumpet.com. Mr. Flurry writes, again, Ruth is a type of the church. Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ. This story should make our coming marriage to Christ extremely real to us. All the emotions we experience over a physical marriage are just a type of the excitement, passion, and emotion we should have over our spiritual marriage. This is so much more wonderful than physical marriage. The name Boaz means in him is strength. And really when we think about it, how it applies to us, it means in Christ is strength. We need Christ on our side. We need Christ in us if we're going to be strong. God will give us the strength. Page 13, Mr. Flurry writes, we just need the character to go to him and build strength through his power. We need to get rid of inferiority complexes. Yes, we are the lowly of the world, but we are the only ones who have real strength. God gives it to us. This is the lesson. Boaz is called a kinsman of Naomi in the Bible, which means that Boaz was a covenant brother. Mr. Flurry explains that we are all covenant brothers. We are all supporting God's work. And if we're part of God's church, the PCG, we are covenant brothers together because we've all made a covenant with God to do his work and to serve him. And we said we would give up anything to follow him, just like Ruth followed Naomi across the Jordan River. We are covenant brothers, and we love each other, and we love God. So Ruth came in, and she worked hard. Boaz noticed Ruth's work ethic. And he took special notice of her. He wanted to help her. Page 15 of the Ruth booklet, Mr. Flurry writes, Boaz saw Ruth working in the field and asked one of his foremen about her. He could see that she was a hard worker, laboring for her food and for Naomi, and really for God. He was very impressed. Think about the spiritual parallel here. Are we hard workers? Our future husband knows. That's something for us to think about. Just like Boaz noticed Ruth and her hard work, Christ notices or notices if we are working hard. Ruth received special privileges from Boaz. Boaz said to her, Hear you not, my daughter. Go not to glean in another field. Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let your eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go you after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch you? And when you are athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. That's Ruth 2 verses 8 through 9. 
basically Boaz was becoming protective of Ruth and he watched over her. He made sure she wasn't mistreated. He made sure she could glean not just the corners of the fields, but pretty much glean everywhere that his actual workers gleaned. She could reap anywhere she pleased. With Boaz's blessing and Boaz's protection. Boaz said to Ruth in Ruth 2 verse 12, The eternal recompense your work, and a full reward be given you of the eternal God of Israel, under whose wings you are come to trust. Boaz wanted Ruth to be blessed. Boaz was comforting Ruth as she dealt with her sore trial of losing a husband. Just as Ruth comforted Naomi, Boaz comforted Ruth. The story goes on that Naomi gives advice to Ruth that would seem very strange to us, where she would go in to Boaz while he was sleeping, uncover his feet, and lie down at his feet. And whenever Boaz would notice her, he could spread his garment over her as a symbol that he would marry her. And that's exactly how it worked out. Ruth had an all that you say, I will do attitude. Even when Naomi issued this peculiar instruction, Ruth totally submitted. Boaz responded, and he wanted to protect and provide for her as his wife. It's exactly the way Christ thinks of his church. Such a precious parallel for us, and it's something that we really do picture on the Holy Day of Pentecost, which again is coming up very soon. Not only was Naomi blessed by Ruth's loyalty and by being able to have a grandson through Ruth, but this child was basically a direct ancestor of the great King David. Naomi became the great-grandmother of David. Or Ruth did. And then maybe Naomi was the great-great-grandmother of David. Nevertheless, still, they both were part of this royal line of David. The line that exists to this day. The line from which Jesus Christ is descended. And Jesus Christ will soon rule from the throne of David over all the earth. When we think about that glorious future, we must remember that it all traces back to this beautiful story of Naomi, Boaz, and Ruth. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. 
Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.